Next on Dead Letter Movie Podcast, Michael Rennie stars as an alien from outer space in the science fiction classic, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Next on Dead Letter Movie Podcast. We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic toward the east coast of the United States. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Drew Pearson. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon, the arrival of a space ship in Washington. Hello and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. This is episode 84, recorded July 2nd, 2023. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And we're here with the next entry in our Atomic Summer series, 1951's The Day the Earth Stood Still, directed by Robert Wise, starring Michael Rennie and Patricia Neal and Aunt B. Yep, that ain't be, but only like in one or two scenes, right? And yeah, the kid just, from yeah. Father Knows Best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This mo- this movie is all 50s and such. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So this is the original one without Keanu Reeves. And yeah, and we're keeping with Rocky Horror lyrics. Um, so yeah. Michael Rennie was ill the day the earth stood still, and he taught us where we stand on our feet. All mm-hmm, right. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I guess like, so when it comes to atomic stuff, this one is dealing more with just, it's not exactly Cold War, I mean, but the Cold War is definitely a part of it. But it's kind of just the fact that we made atomic weapons at all is sort of what this is tackling, I would, I would say, but you, I guess a a little bit, a little bit. So in in the context of the film, it's, it's not just that mankind has begun to experiment and, and has discovered atomic energy, yeah. but also rockets. And it's the yeah, potential yeah. combination of the two and and taking that threat off world where it might threaten others off of Earth that makes it an issue. And that's well that's yeah. Yeah, but for Michael Rick, but I mean for us though, I would say that yes. the what it's like, you know, the, the, the other planets thing is, you know, nice and everything and not wrong, yeah. but, uh, yeah. but it's like, I feel like the message of the movie is more, not so much tackling a cold war thing, but just literally looking at atomic weapons and what they mm-hmm. can do mm-hmm. and looking at it from that angle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sound about right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's okay. Fair. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So before we get into it, I'm going to get a little bit of context because this movie's got a lot of context. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So this is Robert Wise's 12th movie, I think. 12th of 39 it's like 12th or 13th movie so yeah this was he had he had kind of made a name for himself with val luton and uh, at rko and well that as a director he uh worked with val luton and made the sequel to cat people called curse of the cat people which is fine um it's not as good as cat people but it's it doesn't suck mm-hmm. um it's worth checking out that a lot of his work with shadows he would learn from from the val luton camp so that's how we get a lot of that in this movie. A lot of the film noir shadowy stuff that happens is yeah. because that's where he worked. But he, where he really made a name for himself was at RKO was as an editor on what movie, Tim? Do you know it's the best movie ever? I do. I do. Yeah. He worked on Citizen Kane. That's right. He is, uh, I believe, uh, he is the reason why the newsreel looks the way it looks is because he had the forethought to drag the film strips to make it look all beat up and such so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah 
his being an editor is actually part of the reason why he got this gig. So they bought the uh, so Fox bought the rights to the 1940s story Farewell to the Master, which is about a robot name. I guess it's nuts. It's G N U T, but yeah, it's a very similar story mm-hmm. in that a flying saucer lands, but for the most part, it's very robot centric, and that's kind of the end of where this <laughs> um, has in common with the with the with the movie. Um, but they, they bought the rights to that, and they started working on. The screenplay of this guy, Edmund North, who also wrote Patton. So ah. he's actually the guy who, he's the one who came up with Klaatu Barada Nikto. And yeah, and so Daryl Zanuck. So he was the big wig at, at Fox and he was really into this movie. And so he realized him and the producer, Julian Balstein, realized this was going to be a movie that was going to have to be made in the editing room. And so they knew they needed to have a director that was going to have a lot of editing chops. And so that's how we got Robert Wise. Yeah, yeah, that's the big thing there. So Wise had done a couple of Westerns before that. um, And he was kind of didn't want to get kind of pigeonholed in Westerns. So when he got this offer, he was like, I'll take it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually saw Blood on the Moon, one of his Westerns. We did at uh, at the TCM festival, and I actually really like the movie, but it's it's hard for me to say if that's more film noir or more western. It's it's kind of yeah, in the middle. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind kind of equal parts, and there there's so much Robert in that movie. Yeah, yeah. There's Robert Mitchum. There's Robert yeah. Preston. There's Robert Robert Wise. Wise. Yeah, there's a lot of Roberts. And and the thing is, like you know, Robert Mitchum is just a film noir guy to me, so it's kind of hard for me to. But he's you know he's also a cowboy. I mean so. Like, it's not like yeah. he, he probably did as many Westerns as he did film noir. So it's like, eh, it all depends on how well, you're. And yeah, a lot of those movies were both. So yeah. So yeah. Anyway, so this had a couple of other people in mind. They apparently originally wanted Claude Rains for Klaatu, but he was busy. So that didn't, that didn't pan out. And then someone broke a rule and uh, gave the script to Spencer Tracy, who really, really wanted her to do it. But someone eventually had the forethought and realized that, no, if it's if if Klaatu is like a name actor, he's just a name actor. We need someone who's not really known yet. And it was actually Zanuck who found Michael Rennie. He saw him in a play in London, and that's how he got him on. So he had only done a few like British movies before he got in on this. And mm-hmm. so that's yeah. And so he wasn't really it wasn't it's not his first movie, but it's his first leading man movie and his first movie in America. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And Patricia Neal, fun little thing about her is she did not realize that this well, <clears throat> she thought the script was funny. <laughs> I just I wow. just like that. Yeah, okay. I, I think that. Well, if you think about it in 1951, when you're such a grounded, like in a such a grounded society, the idea of flying saucers and robots and stuff like this does seem a little silly. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I I get that it could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, failure to to read the the tone though. That's that's. I think she got there eventually. No, I think, I, I, I think yeah. she clearly did, and and, yeah. that, and it comes through on the screen. But yeah, yeah, and uh, and Locke Martin plays Gort, who is our large robot. And he was a, he, he worked at the Chinese theater. So okay. he was, yeah. So another place you and I have been. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. And so those are, that's like kind of the big thing about uh, the context of all this. So, you know, this is 1951 kind of, this is after Russia has the bomb, I believe, but we're all, we're both, both nations are working on their space stuff at the time. So yeah. that becomes a big part for Club 2. And so this is where we're at going into the movie. Yeah, let's just head on into it. Having only just 
recently watched this again, um, mm-hmm. I'm less and less convinced that I had actually seen it start to finish before. Like there, there was no part of this that was not familiar to me, but yeah. I don't think I'd ever actually sat through it all at once before. It was it was interesting from from that standpoint, mm-hmm. and I liked it. It uh, it does a great job of establishing its tone and carrying it throughout the film. Use of light and and shadow and and the score, you know, all yeah. all plays think, into it. Yeah, and Bernard Herrmann was a was an art was a, he had worked with he he had he had done the score for Kane, and so that's actually how Robert Wise and him had a connection before. And I and I actually think the score is the MVP of the movie. Because if you yeah. look at everything separately, even if you take the score out separately, it everything comes off as like science fiction cheese. But if you have it all together with that score, you know, that special sauce that is the score, it really makes something like fabulous. And yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I, I have to agree. And it's, it's man, so much theremin in the score. Yeah. But it works. It may, it may have not been the first movie to use a theremin, but I think it's the first movie to feature a theremin so much. Yeah, this this I, is one of the more more prominent early uses of of theremin yeah, in I, in, the, in the score. I, I think Spellbound may have used it before the Hitchcock movie with some really surrealistic dream sequences. Mm-hmm. Worth checking out if you ever see it. But yeah, just absolutely love the music. This is I, it's been a while since I'd seen it before. I did actually see this in the theater once. I think the first time I saw this, I was like eight or nine, and I it was it may have been it was on TV. I want to say it was probably AMC actually back when AMC was more or less Turner classic movies doing uncut movies as well. Yeah. Uh, so th- that would have been like, I had to look this up. So that, that would have been about nine, like the early nineties or like 94 ish. Mm-hmm. And until like 2002, then they became what they are now. Yeah. And I did see this once in a theater. This was the only time where my like nerd, like, where like my nerdy friends and my punk rock friends actually like converged in a similar spot <laughs> because a lot of my punk rock buddies were at the same screening. And so that was, that was kind of cool. And I remember thinking, and that was, that was really when I clued into the music of it, like, and how cool the music is. Yeah. 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 Uh, shout out to the, the effects work here as oh, well yeah. uh you know for for 51 most of this still holds up pretty well mm-hmm. um you know looking at it now in a you know high definition picture i i watched this on blu-ray you can you can see a little bit more as far as mm-hmm. you know, like where the where the wires and and the seams are that, <laughs> oh yeah um, <laughs> when gort carries Patricia Neal, you can really well, see yeah, the that, wires <laughs> that that was a mess that's yeah. okay, okay should should have worked something else out there but yeah. Now, a lot of the other things, you know, like the the spaceship. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is supposed to be you know seamless? It's like no, we we, we saw it open up right here, and and there was a ramp, but now it, it it's it's you know totally smooth. And so that mm-hmm. that mostly plays here, and it's it's okay. That's that's just a little bit of clever camera fakery of you know blocking and and where you're looking at the the set. Yeah, but it, it's it's still very effective the way it's done. Yeah, and I think Gort the robot looks generally okay unless he's walking, only because his legs crease and that yeah, kind that's, of like that's ruins the only the thing yeah. where where the 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 outer part of the 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 costume kind of folds around his his joints a little bit here and there. Yeah, other than that, and you know, if if you're if you're not hung up on that, and a lot of audiences at the time probably wouldn't have been, they would have you know just been it's a giant freaking robot. Mm wouldn't have been worried about that you know it's, it's not like a lot of others it's like oh yeah you can see you know yeah they're they're the zippers in in the back of the monster costume kind of thing 
oh, oh, dude, I learned about the zippers. So, <laughs> okay, so no, 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 this is amazing. Like, so I don't think we actually see, I think they do a good job of hiding the zipper in the movie. Yeah, yeah, um, no, yeah. you, you but, totally can't see it. it but it, the thing I found great. out was, so they had zippers, depending on how you saw him, there was a zipper on the other side. So there's a, there's a version of the costume where the zipper was in the front and a version of the costume, the zipper is in the back. And I think there had to be one where the, there had to be one where the zipper was on the side because we do see the front and back of him at one point mm-hmm. in the same shot. And so like, yeah, the, this, the idea of that there is like a front zipper version of this costume that I, I just wow. really want to see it. That's um, wild. I, yeah. And I couldn't find, I did find a couple of color pictures that made me realize that uh, Klaatu's helmet at the beginning is actually kind of, it's opaque, but it's kind of transparent. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you can I mean, you can see it in the black and white, but it's a little less obvious than when you can see it in color, you know, Rennie's hair becomes more obvious in, in that. But yeah. The, yeah the, uh, the special effects are, you know, they're, of its time, but I think they're really effective. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that A, it's in black and white, so it's hiding the seams a little bit better. Um, yeah. There is there is one thing there. Um, most so, uh, so the movie was mostly shot in Los Angeles, or at least Robert Wise never went to Washington, D.C. Washington, all the Washington, D.C. stuff is second unit stuff. And so when when Klaatu and Billy are walking around, you know, see, that's actually rear projection. And you can kind of mm-hmm. tell... You, you can, but you, you kind of have to be looking for it. You have to look for it is the thing. So it's not like obvious, but it's if, you, yeah. if, if, yeah. if you've watched a lot of movies, you know, kind of from this time and, and earlier and you're familiar with, you know, this being how they did a lot of these things, you might notice it then. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you're right. I did. But, mm-hmm. you know, if, yeah, it's like the higher the depth. It isn't it wasn't as obvious on my old DVD. Yeah. Um, yeah. From my like 20 year old DVD that I have. But I was I was wondering if it was something that was easier for you to see on your Blu-ray. No, yeah. I mean I, I I noticed, but I mean those kind of things are are sort of always in the back of my head when I'm watching movies anymore. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. how how do they do this? And it's like, was was that a, a set or is that a matte painting or a rear projection? Mm-hmm. And it's like those those sorts of things are always kind of rattling around in there, e- even if I'm you know engrossed and immersed in the in the right. movie and its narrative. Right. I'm always, I always, I always have a interest of like how they did that. Like yeah, that's always the yeah. thing that kind of pops in my head. Yeah. This time I kind of like, I paid, you know, I was, you know, a lot older now. So like the, you know, I saw this a few times when I was a kid and then I, you know, saw it at the time in college when I saw it in the theater and I hadn't really seen it since then. And so this time I was catching like a few other things, like when Klaatu says he's like 250 million miles or like he traveled that long. I was like, um, that's not that far for the but solar it, yeah, system. I, I, I had, I had a little bit of a head scratch there yeah, too. And I, I was like, wait a minute, hang on. Um, I don't know if that's as far as the asteroid belt, but it is so, somewhere between Jupiter and Mars. So, <laughs> so I, 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 I looked this up. Okay. Um, okay. As, as of, you know, last night when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because you know, the, the planets move. Yeah. That everything moves. Yeah. Totally cool. Yeah. So, as we are recording this right now, Mars is roughly 209, 210 million miles. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 less distant than than Klaatu says in the film he has come yeah. by yeah. a little bit. And yeah. it's taken him about five months. It's okay, that's you know, depending on you know launch windows and such, you know, the trip from Earth to Mars, yeah, about about six months with current technologies okay mm-hmm. so it's like yeah he's, he's he's moving okay but not that quickly and hasn't come that far that that was another thing where they you know the the newscasters mentioned oh yeah we are guessing that we you know he he must have come from either venus or mars because those are the only other planets we know of that can possibly support life as we know it uh yeah, no no 
nope. you knew that then too. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Apparently the script writers did not. Uh yeah. it's like, yeah, not 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 so much. At least not now. Mm-hmm. No, I haven't seen the remake. I Neither hope I, yeah. I hope that they fixed that because there there were some little things like that, you know, not not as egregious as flying saucers shaped like ants, mm-hmm. but <laughs> no, had had to have come from some other star system. Yeah, yeah, clearly, yeah. And yeah, so like I'm paying kind of more attention to those little things this time. And that's, you know, that's because that's just how it is. But yeah, and this time he comes off as kind of a pompous blowhard for a big chunk of the movie. <laughs> um, but he, he does a bit. I mean, it's not like he's not justified. It's it's not like that. It's just uh, the when he's like hanging around with Billy, he seems fine. So when he's hanging out with the adults, that's where he comes off as, you know, kind of a know-it-all jerk a little bit. But that, that's a little okay. bit. Yeah. But like it's, you know, it's, 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 it's just a thing I noticed. It doesn't exactly hurt the movie. It's just a thing I realized this time. Yeah, no, I I think it I think it actually helps. Uh yeah. b- because, you know, when he when he first meets, you know, adults, well, you know, one of them shoots him. And Yeah, no, that's and this, a good point. This, you you do yeah. bring up a good point that yeah, I would be kind of annoyed with adults too if the first thing that happened to me and I'm going to give you a thing that's going to help you out and you shoot me. Yeah, yeah, and and the next guy he he meets is, you know, you know, one of the uh, a member of the the president's cabinet, some secretary or other, and he's like, he's he's very cynical, and you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I I I appreciate that you're optimistic about this, but you you're 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 new here on Earth, and I I know more about human politics than you do, and it kind of sucks, and, and yeah. so and he he realizes he has to go out and experience culture, and the way he does that, the way he really gets some some insight into you know humanity and what it might be and what might be possible is through the eyes of a child that he, mm-hmm. he spends time with. And now that you bring up the diplomat guy, I actually kind of think that him and Klaatu have like kind of a lot in common when you consider yeah. where Klaatu is coming from and where this guy is coming from. They actually both are coming from cynical places to begin with. They, they and, are a bit. Yeah. And they're they're kind of on on a, they, they establish a rapport very quickly because they, they seem to have kind of a, a similar background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and I actually kind of like I totally understand where that guy's coming from. Yeah. And, yeah. And and the thing is, like, that may just be that I live in, you know, 2023 <laughs> and like it's really hard not to be cynical right now. And yeah, but that's, you know, like at this time around, I was like, yeah, that dude's totally right. Um, you're, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like you can do whatever you want, Mr. Spaceman. But like what that guy's telling you, he is not lying to you and he is not wrong. Yeah. 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 He's 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 being honest with you. And it, it the truth sucks. But there yep. it is. But there it is. I don't intend to add my contribution to your childish jealousies and suspicions. Our problems are very complex, Klaatu. You mustn't judge us too harshly. I can judge only by what I see. Your impatience is quite understandable. I'm impatient with stupidity. My people have learned to live without it. I'm afraid my people haven't. I'm very sorry. I wish it were otherwise. Yeah. Um, so for things that like really work for me in this, like I actually, I really dig the tone. I really dig the, 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 the very down to earth way of looking at it. the fact that this is in black and white makes it easier so they can have that stock footage work a little bit easier, which kind of makes the world bigger at the same time as like in this yeah. situation that makes things smaller. So that's something that I think is pretty cool. It's shot kind of documentary style. And we have those, those commentators, like those news people are, are 
DC area news people. Yeah. And so like that was like, well, I don't know about all of them, but a good number of them were. And that's like a really smart thing to do to add to the reality of the story, which is, you know, on the face of it, like, and I could kind of understand it from Patricia Neal's thing, like, oh, this is ridiculous. Like, how would we respond to this? Yeah. If yeah. like if and, I was reading this on the page. Yeah. And there was there was even a subtle nod there to the uh the previously broadcast uh radio production of war of the world the world yeah by orson welles says this is not another flying saucer scare yeah yeah 39 1939 that happened they're still talking about it in 51 so yeah yeah no i i really appreciate how the the whole story and and the atmosphere it builds is is all set up on a, a foundation of of paranoia against the yep. sort of the backdrop of the 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 sort of nascent cold war at the time yeah it hadn't quite like it had been it wasn't like I feel like it's at its worst like a few years later when like when the when Strange Love is made, that's like when the paranoia was like particularly bad. Yeah. But yeah, but there's there's already quite a bit of it here. It's already starting and, here, yeah. Yeah. People hinting it's like, oh, I, I I bet he's a Russian spy and he's here to try and kill us all. And yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So things that I find that kind of make me go, hmm, uh, <laughs> in this, you know, other than Gort's obvious pants. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, other, other than that, um, like a, a one. So the day the Earth is called the day the Earth stood still. It's really only half an hour and that's fine. But the, the funny thing about that half hour, somehow in that half hour, we declared a national emergency, which I have a hard time believing that in the bureaucracy of even 1951, we were able to get all that figured out in just so half an hour. <laughs> you're you're not entirely wrong. However, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we, we get those scenes. OK, yeah. So it's. It's it's called the day the year stood still, even yeah. though it only it's, stood still yeah. for half an hour. Yeah. Um. In in some of those scenes where we we see you know like the the uh, the the military top brass you know mm-hmm. kind of convening, it's like they say the president is considering calling a state of emergency. We we don't know. They don't explicitly say that he ever actually did, and the half hour oh, passes okay, okay. fairly quickly. Yeah, it's a you know, minor quibble there, but it's like okay, it's it's enough to show us that you know there's. There is basically a panic everywhere on on Earth, the Earth. at the yeah. time. Yeah. yeah, except for airplanes and hospitals. Yeah, yeah, which was an interesting thing. It's like, okay, yeah, no, nobody's going to die from this. Which, which mm-hmm. they 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 called out, and it's like, oh, that's that's an interesting problem. Yeah, Dramatic, well, I, but not destructive. Yeah, and well, that was like you know that's what our the scientist guy of this movie. So mm-hmm. you know he's not exactly the same archetypal scientist character that we see in like them or even or even in Mant, um, but he is you know, the, the Jaffe guy, he's, you know, he's similar. Um, Mm. Apparently that actor had been blacklisted and, you know, didn't get to do so much work, but uh, like, and so him asking for that, you know, it makes Klaatu more, it makes him more likable in that it makes him less evil because it seems like he would have just turned off everything and wouldn't have thought of that um, because he wants to make the point. So, but uh, yeah. And I, I, my, my sense of, of the character of Klaatu is that he wouldn't, he's not here to do harm deliberately mm-hmm. you know intentionally but I, I i felt like in that exchange between him and uh dr barnhart yeah yeah that's his name yeah that uh he he appreciated that that dr barnhart called that out i don't mm-hmm. want anybody to actually be hurt but we we do mm-hmm. need to get their attention yeah so i i feel like there was a, kind of a, a similar rapport there to to Klaatu and the and the cabinet secretary earlier 
Well, if you think about it, like if we're going to like Klaatu is more the scientist to help save the day in this yeah. movie than, yeah. you know, than, than, than Jaffe is, then uh, it makes a lot of sense in that regard. But yeah. So what, you know, I don't really have a whole lot that like kind of hurts this movie. It's um, I just kind of, I dig its vibe. Yeah. Um, the, I guess, I guess now is an okay time for us to like talk about the ending because like you've had issues with the ending. So I, I, <laughs> but, I have, and I, yeah. I still do. And I, I think that is both a mark against and a mark for the the movie mm-hmm. uh, is is that the ending is complicated and will will spark a lot of conversation. Mm-hmm. It's it's messy. It's okay. It's yeah. You guys want to blow yourselves up? Great. But if you start threatening us, it'll be the end of you at that point. If if you mm-hmm. manage to survive that long, so okay. Yeah, mutual annihilation bad, but. The, the way Klaatu sets it up is like, oh, we've established a police state. The, the threat of violence is punishable by certain death. Mm-hmm. Mutual annihilation, bad. Police state, good? Maybe? Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's complex and it's messy. And guess what? That, so, so is life. So is humanity. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's, that's where we are. What I think hurts it is that it seems to me the way the film presents it is that it's it's fairly simple. I mean, it's 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 a warning. It's yeah, quit quit blowing each other up. You know, you you need to figure out how to use this technology for good and constructive and peaceful purposes rather than destructive ones. You know, particularly before you start you know venturing out of your own atmosphere. But mm-hmm. the consequences are yeah that 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 feels kind of distasteful. So I so I kind of think the film isn't just presenting it like I mean you it can be seen like that um but I kind of think the film is also presenting it as like yeah this is the police state that we kind of put ourselves in but we put mm-hmm. ourselves into it like kind of willingly yeah um it's not like skynet it's not like these robots took over so there isn't it's not a police state in like a totalitarian sense so like that's that's the thing that kind of makes me feel less icky about it. It's still not great. Don't get me wrong. It's not like the better thing. But the thing is, I think Rennie is also or, or Klaatu is really like, yeah, this is and this is the part where I start to not think of him as much of a blowhard is because here is like and I think I, I definitely feel like Michael Rennie is putting out this state. And I do think the writer put this in there. And so I do think it's presented in the movie in such a manner that the tone that Rennie takes is like, this is the situation we're in. I'm not exactly into it that much either, but this is what it is. I, yeah, it is a simple situation, but this is what I'm at. This is what I got to do. And frankly, it's being spread out to you too, because we don't really trust you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, I do think that Rennie and specifically Michael Rennie. And I think um, Edmund, the writer got, has that as well. I don't know if Robert Wise does though, because apparently Robert Wise missed all the Christ allegory originally too. <laughs> I mean, like no offense to the guy. I think he's a smart guy, but things can get past the director sometime too. And like, I don't really know if he catches that either. Cause I don't, because I do think it's presented, but I don't know if it's like all the way there. So, yeah. 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 Your choice is simple. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration. We shall be waiting for your answer. The decision rests with you. So when I think about like the legacy of this movie, there aren't a lot of other movies I think of that really can like put a lot of you know, influence on other than like the fact that, you know, there's that Val Luton kind of shadowy film noir stuff that Wise is taking with him from from RKO and the neat way to edit. So like I see that kind of influence. 
Um, but when I think about the legacy of this, I just think about every single like <laughs> every single mm-hmm. nice alien movie that we have from from here on out. Um, that and that was what this movie was. It was one of the first times we were having a peaceful invasion. But it's not really an invasion; it's a visit. Yeah, but, you know. yeah. I'll you know uh, pretty much everything prior to this and and an awful lot afterward and and mm-hmm. even still today. It's like I'd oh, say most yeah. movies. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the aliens are invading monsters, and they're monsters, and we have to blow them up before they blow us up. And yep. you know, mm-hmm. action and explosions and stuff. This is very much not that, which was a departure. One thing for sure that I can say that. Robert Wise kind of put into this is like he really wanted to put that anti-military feel into it because he kind of an anti had an anti-military lean himself, yeah. and so he wanted to like not do that whole monster blow it up problem. And f- and the fact that the army guy messes things up at the beginning, mm-hmm. like says something. And by the way, those aren't army people because when they gave the script to the army, they're like, yeah, we're not giving you our tanks. We're we're not into this. <laughs> However, the National Guard on the other hand, we're like, oh yeah, sure, put us in a movie. It's cool. So all the soldiers and tanks and stuff are National Guard people. Yeah. So. That says something. I'm not 100% sure what, but it does say something. And yeah, and so like, I do think that Wise, it's it's interesting because like, we'd only had like a few movies like that kind of before. Like War of the Worlds hadn't happened yet, but the, the radio show had happened, but the movie mm-hmm. hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, so we'd already kind of had a bad alien invasion idea in our mind. And so the fact that he was kind of like, yeah, the military isn't going to make this a better thing. And so instead of showing you how this guy is going to view the world. I'm going to have you meet a single mom and a kid and show that he's a- he's actually like not going with the status quo there. Like the other guy, he like Hugh Marlowe, the really milquetoast, uninteresting oh, boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like would be like in another movie, he would be the guy that would be hanging around with him. Mm-hmm. And so like that, the fact that we see this kind of non-status quo view of the world is something that I think is really a plus in this movie. It's almost subversive. Almost. Almost. Yeah. Not yeah. May, maybe not quite. Um it it, yeah. it it comes sort of up to that line, but maybe doesn't actually cross it. Yeah. Like we 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 sort of you know leave off the the milk toast boyfriend guy. He you know, okay, he might be about to ruin everything. We just sort of leave him behind. And mm-hmm. at about the same point, you know, when there are still you know a good handful of important scenes left at the at the end of the film, uh yeah, the 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 kid is left behind as well. It's like, oh, yep, nope, we're done with him i guess not gonna see him again he's 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 fine nothing happens to him we just don't see him anymore yep if anything should happen to me you must go to gort you must say these words klatu barada nikto please repeat that klatu barada nikto when i think about other bizarre legacies of this i also consider that these were the words that that Ash had to say in mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. Army of Darkness. I um, mean, couldn't get it right. And so here is my idea for the next Evil Dead movie. Maybe not the next, but, you know, because now it's an anthology and the stars of the movies are going to be the books, most likely. And so, like, or the Jason Voorhees of the, tr- of the series is going to be the books. <laughs> and so here's what I think should happen. I have no idea. This is like an inciting force. So somebody owns a used bookstore and has gets a copy of the, of the Necronomicon. Or a rare bookstore, you know, or something like that. Sure. Has the Day of the Earth stood still on their TV when they get the book. And when they get the book, it's the Klaatu Barada scene. And they like say it at the same time. Ah, Klaatu Barada Nikto. <laughs> and then they just shelve the book and have no problems ever. <laughs> and then some somebody else gets a hold of that book. And then, you know, all hell breaks loose again. So like that that's nice. Andrew's idea yeah. for an inciting force of a of an evil dead 
<laughs> sequel. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, no, this this movie has definitely cast a, a long shadow, as oh, totally, we yeah. mentioned previously, uh, referenced in the uh, Rocky Horror Show, Rocky yeah. Horror Picture Show yeah. lyrics. Yeah, of, of course, uh, uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah, all, all throughout pop culture. There was a, uh, an episode of the original Ninja Turtles cartoon in the 80s where they were visiting aliens called Klaatu, Barana, oh, yeah. and Nikto. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I do. I vaguely, vaguely remember this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it, for me, it is probably, it is my top Robert Wise movie, but you know, I don't know if it's hundred percent his best movie he made, but because you know, uh, West Side Story is also a really good movie. I hate the, the sound of music. So <laughs> like, it's a well-made movie. It's well acted. Julie Andrews, Christopher Plummer, fantastic. I hate the songs so much. Every note of those songs makes me feel every minute of those three hours. So like, not for me, but I know a lot of other people really love it. So like, yeah, David Still is probably like, I mean, and I really like Blood on the Moon, but it's not as, you know, it's not as good as David Stood Still. Yeah, um, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's very much not. It was good. I had never seen it before. So that was yeah. that was neat. So, of course, you mentioned West Side Story. That's probably his best. I mean, you know, Sound probably. of Music is... I mean, Sand Pebbles yeah. is supposed to be really good, too. That's a submarine yeah. movie, I think. Yeah. Mm. I have and, not seen uh, it, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, and he's he's made at least two other uh, high-profile science fiction films, um, an oh, adaptation wait. of... Oh, wait, uh, the, sorry, We're Run Silent, Run Deep is a submarine movie. I have no oh. idea what The Sand Pebbles is. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but, um, yeah, adaptation of Michael Crichton's The Andromeda Strain. Right, right. 74 uh, or so? No, it's, I think it was like 1970. Like, I think it was like yeah. 69, 70 when that came out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was G-rated was really movie common. with dead children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, among other things. Not... Yep. Uh, Kind kind of like Day of the Earth, so it still has a very very creepy tone that it, it keeps mm-hmm. all throughout, and it's 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 unsettling and, and disturbing, and yeah, uh, no, very very well crafted that, and of probably course, probably reads different post pandemic too, yeah, uh, probably a, a bit. Uh, I mm-hmm. haven't watched it since, but mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, of course, uh, 1979's Star Trek: The Motion Picture, mm-hmm. which has a lot to recommend it. It's it's very well shot, uh, you know. You just sound like a guy trying to find a nice thing to say. There, there are a lot of nice things I can say about the movie. They just don't gel into a cohesive, whole, good final product. There, there are things about this movie that are great. The movie itself is kind of not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've never watched all of it, so I've only seen bits and pieces of it. Partly because I hear people don't like it that much, and and I'm not that big of a Star Trek fan. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess when it comes to like, if I'm gonna go with grades, I'm gonna go with probably an A minus on this, um, because like it's just so influential, it's so important, it's really rewatchable, and mm-hmm. I get something, I got something out of it every time I watched it. So there's you know, punk rock Andrew likes it, you know, film nerd Andrew likes it, um, B movie eight year old Andrew really liked it. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, a lot to recommend. I like that the ending can be interpreted in in some different ways and is going to spark conversation. I think that's a good thing. We should be talking more about these kinds of things as a as a society. Mm -hmm. So uh, props for that. As as we've said, it's cast a very long shadow on pop culture. I I think I'm I'm there with you for for an A minus. It's it's not over long. Doesn't overstay its welcome. Oh yeah, yeah. Nothing I love more than a movie that doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. 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 So yeah, A minus from me as well. Funny little things, 
that I noticed this time. I was I, I probably noticed it the last time too, but I'm just like, there's a lot of people smoking in this hospital. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there, there, there are a few. Oh, yeah, the fifties, the fifties, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll we'll put some mercurochrome on that. That'll disinfect yeah. it. Sure. That'll solve the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. Here, here. Also have a like fried ham and egg sandwich. Like what? What's another thing that like? Oh, and a three, and a and a three martini lunch at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Served with lots of butter. Lots of butter. It's like probably more butter than sandwich. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, but yeah. So that's the day it stood still. Um. So thank you for. We are going to continue on with our atomic summer. We are going to keep the big robot theme, and we are going to watch a movie that I have not seen all of ever, and I'm very excited about this. We're going to watch Brad Bird's The Iron Giant. I love this movie. I, yeah. I love it so much. Yep. And so like that should be that'll be coming out soon. Not sure exactly when, but it will be. It will be out <laughs> later this month. So be on the lookout for that. And that's our show. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You're a long way from home, aren't you, Mr. Carpenter? How did you know? Oh, I can tell a New England accent a mile away. <laughs>